Hey, storytellers. If you like the show, you can find Life Narrated on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever streaming service you use. It really helps others find the podcast and validates our existence. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. listeners and welcome to life narrated the podcast about life and the stories we tell my name is emily and i'm played by a white lady my name is lauren and my character didn't make it into the movie my name is matt the original series (laughs) and today we're going to talk about adaptations we did try and record this uh once upon a time it was our number four episode so we're (laughs) giving it another shot um Hopefully with better sound quality this time. You may have noticed uh, some of our uh, episodes online don't go in chronological order. It's because we, for some of those episodes, didn't realize how to do a podcast. We fucked yet. up real bad. <laughs> yeah, so... There's a reason for that. We just left them out. <clears throat> we didn't rename or renumber them. We just left them out. So it's we're redoing an older one now. Yeah. <laughs> which we may call episode four. Who knows? Let's call it episode four. Just like, this is the adaptation really of our episode four. Or go. a reboot. It's a reboot of episode four. So that is our first question that we need to talk about. Adaptations <laughs> versus reboots. What mm. is the difference? Um, like, okay, so for instance, let's talk about Jumanji, right? We had Ooh. the original Jumanji, mm-hmm. and then we had this new one, which I think would qualify as a reboot because... It's in a different time time frame. It's actually a video game as opposed to a board game. Right. And in fact, the the characters get sucked into the game as opposed to the game coming out to the characters. Um, so it's a, <clears throat> like a variation on a theme. Right. I definitely agree that that's a it's a reboot. Um, I think it's because it has like you could say that it um, takes elements of the original and transforms them into something else entirely. Right. Like it's it seems to be. Like, in substance, the same thing, but, like, the specifics are different. Okay, yeah. If that makes so sense. what are some other reboots that um, we would... Things that we would call reboots as opposed to what we would call adaptations? One that I really enjoyed, and I think a lot of people do, is Sherlock Holmes. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. So that... We're talking about the one with Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbund Bandersnatch. Um, Cumberbatch Menders Mets. <laughs> and so that is... Gumbity Bumbity. <laughs> I love that guy. <laughs> so good. Very versatile. That, that is uh, takes place in modern times, and it a lot of things are different. The Dr. Watson is an army doctor, a former soldier, and just all sorts of things. Um, I think he has a drug problem, but he had a drug problem in uh, yeah. the original, so... Yeah. I mean, it wasn't necessarily so much as a problem back then. <laughs> it but... wasn't a problem. Everybody just <laughs> yeah. enjoyed liquid cocaine. All this PC nonsense. <laughs> That's right. Suddenly it's a problem because it's 2018. <laughs> but but also part of that, um, not, not part of the same. So we're talking about the BBC Benedict Combi Buns. Yeah. <laughs> but then there was also the Robert Downey Jr. Right. With the films. And it was like the same time period. Yeah. Like they were coming out contemporaneously. Yeah. So there were two reboots going at the same time. At the same time. Right. Although, but the Robert Downey Jr. one was more like in the 
in, in the, the same time period. In the same time period, yeah. yeah. And then, yes. Yeah. And so I guess maybe and I thought that both were good. Would, that one would be a adaptation because all of the elements were so similar and it's a similar time frame, except I think the, his personality was a bit changed. Well, that, not only that, but also there was just a lot of stuff that, like, I just don't think was in the the original Sherlock Holmes books. Like, getting into, like, back alley street fight gangs and, like, blowing that's up bridges true. and stuff. Like, it was just not... He was an action hero in those ones. Yeah, that's true. He wasn't a detective so much as he was, like, an action hero. And I think they were... I think they, in both, they're acknowledging, which at the time they were written, right, like, things about, like, mental health or, you know, the fact that, like, Sherlock Holmes is probably on the spectrum, like, right? In terms of, like, his... Being, like, super observant and a really great memory and and having really awkward social skills and blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel like both the films with Robert Downey Jr. and the TV show are acknowledging those things. Yeah. So... Which the social show never did. Right. So, yeah. yeah, So, it kind of... But it gives you a different perspective. So, like, in the, the movie version where he was, like... He was, like, analyzing situations and then breaking it down and then it was, like... I'm going to do this, and then he's going to do this, and then I'm going to punch him in the face and break his nose and blah, blah, blah. And then it would play out in real time, yeah. like, very quickly. Things like that um, were, like, really interesting, and it's obviously, like, just a modern cinematic way of showing that. Mm. But I still think it worked being a period piece. I think also one of the ma- the major innovations that the BBC version did was having text messages be a part of the, the yes. play. Like, typically, up until that point, I'd never seen text messages handled gracefully. Like, it was just like you'd get a glance of the screen and, like, break up the action, or someone would read the text message out loud. Um, or reference this, the text or, or something, the text. but it wouldn't be, like, you reading it. Yeah, but in this, nobody read the text out loud. Because, like, normally people don't read text out loud. Well, they unless... do that... Sorry to interrupt, but they do that in um, House of Cards, that Netflix show. Oh, okay. That was the first time I saw that. Okay, so I haven't yeah. seen that, so maybe they were taking it from there. I don't know which one came first. But, but I agree with you. I, I really like that, that use of text messaging because it feels more natural, like, the way we actually read and... and Interact. interact. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to read some of these. Oh, first, let's talk about what canon is. So we, we're going to use that word a lot, and I think in our next episode we're going to talk more about what uh, canon means. But just the absolute definition, it comes from the Bible when there was a um, meeting about what should be in the Bible. Uh, they they decided the canon, which is the Bible, and everything else that is non-canonical uh, which is not in the Bible, which includes like uh, Enoch's, which is where the angels get busy with humans and God decides mm. to smite them all. Like, mm. there's a whole bunch of weird shit in. The Are you talking about the Council of Nicaea? Yes. Okay. I did not know the name Can- Council of Nicaea. I think this yeah. happened a couple times, but um, so that is why we use the word canon. We're talking about the canon, the Bible, what is actually supposed to be true, and then the stuff that was taken out. Um, right. The stuff that was like. Could be part of the, the the franchise, but isn't. But isn't um, the biblical franchise? That's the right. Biblical franchise. I mean, there are a lot of a lot of locations, a lot of uh, you know. <laughs> There's also Lilith, Adam's first wife, which is a non-canonical book of the Bible. I don't recognize um, a non-canonical Bible. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we're still talking about it. <laughs> so, moving on, as we so clearly want to do, um, I'm going to read some big questions that we can kind of think about as we go through these topics. Um, I want to know what qualities of a book make a terrible movie, and mm. what is acceptable to leave out? And I think that's that question of um, being true mm. to the letter and being true to the spirit of the work. And then what are the most successful adaptations and what role does the medium play in that? Uh, so we should spell out that question of true to letter versus true to the spirit um, that you alluded to just a second ago. And, and that is what, what has the feel of the work, the original source material, right. but doesn't really follow the, the exact truth of what happened in the source material. Right. So it might be it might be something where like, oh, it's based on this book series or whatever, and so you might see character names that are the same. But a lot of times you see a lot of time. Oh, let me say a lot of times one more time. How many times are you gonna say a lot of times? <laughs> oh, maybe a lot more. Okay. Maybe a lot, a lot of times, times more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, getting tongue tied. You'll see multiple characters mushed into one character. Right. right for for the sake of like simplicity. Yeah, so that would be the spirit mm-hmm. following the spirit of the of the w- original work. And if you have all those characters like all have like a half a second each to be introduced and whatever, that's following the letter. But sometimes that's not good. And so, at what point is like one better than the other? That's something we'll talk about too. Exactly, and that kind of goes straight into this article about Justified that I have here, and it's basically says that. Justified is not a faithful adaptation of any book by this one um, author, but they have like a shelf of his books and they read them constantly and they the show is set in that world and it's kind of like a it's a true to the spirit kind of thing where right. the it's not the same stories, but it is uh, using his work as a basis to build this tv show can you also talk briefly about um what article that is and who wrote it so this is an article from fast company by joe Burkow- berkowitz joe berkowitz mm-hmm. and uh it basically talks about elmore uh Leonard's. What's the, title? the title is justified creator graham used on how to create a faithful adap- adaption that transcends the source material so this is about Graham Eust, who is the uh, series creator for Justified, using the work of author Elmore Leonard, um, despite having grown beyond the material that the mm-hmm. show is based on. So it's like Game of Thrones just continuing after the books are over, or before the last book is written, for instance. Right. Or The Handmaid's um, Tale, it's for instance. Like, yeah, they're staying close to the letter, the uh, spirit of the work. And trying to grow beyond it. So we talked about reboots and how they're different from adaptations. What do we think, as a as a the flip side of that, is like a good adaptation or like a good example of an adaptation? And what qualities does it have that makes it an adaptation, not a reboot? Okay. So, for instance, the the Pride and Prejudice version with Keira Knightley that Uh would be an adaptation that was very successful. Mm-hmm. I'm so and, glad you brought that up. This is like yeah. one of my favorite movies of all time. I may, uh, when I sign off, go watch it. Um, <laughs> but it it definitely includes things that are not in the book, but it is so faithful to the source material and like including, you know, dialogue that happens. 
and pretty much everything is exactly as you would imagine it. Okay. So I think that is an ad- adaptation. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if it's like from a book to a movie with very little changes, supposedly, um, I think that would qualify as an adaptation. But there are adaptations that do change quite a lot, though, that I think are qualified as adaptations as opposed to like reboots, like completely overwriting the like what the canon. Um, well, I was going to bring up as a, one of my favorite examples of an adaptation is uh, Romeo plus Juliet. With uh, yes. Claire Danes and that other famous guy. Leo. Leo DiCaprio. Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Would that qualify as a reboot? Because it is a different time. They don't use the proper language. No, they do. They, it's all the same. Well, it's not because they, for instance, they're getting high at one point. And he says, thy drugs are quick, which is actually what he says when he dies. Mm. Um. So they did mess around with the language a bit. I'm not like, like they're u- they're using the like modern English, not contemporary English, but like they're using modern English. But it is like kind of spliced to make it work for. No, I, I think they're they're mostly using Shakespearean English. They, they um, recite the play. No, no, the, the okay Shakespeare is modern English. Oh, okay. <laughs> Gotcha. Contemporary okay. t- contemporary English is how we speak today <laughs> right. and how we speak gotcha. now. So they're speaking okay. modern English. Um, okay, it's not contemporary. I see what you're saying. So they are speaking, as opposed yeah. to so old they're English. using the Shakespearean language, yes. right? So they're that's kind of what makes me language. that's kind of what makes me Go think ahead. it's an adaptation because they they don't change any of the words or very few of the words from the original play, and they just kind of set it in a different time, which you yeah. can do on the stage if you want. Like people do that's that all the time. True. You know what? One of the things I thought was the most messed up about that movie is how what? this is a very Talking about, like, the spirit of the work, um, as opposed to the letter <laughs> of the work, having Juliet wake up before he dies, so he knows that she's not dead, and then he oh, dies. no. Mm. That, that was... messed up. <laughs> yeah, because he dies, and then I think Paris shows up, and some other shit happens, and then, and then Juliet wakes up and finds him dead. Yeah. So in that movie, when he sees her, and you're just like, it's, it's, ugh. So gut-wrenching. <laughs> so messed up. But I think that was a good example of uh, the director taking that liberty mm-hmm. with the material, but staying faithful right. to it, which I think still constitutes it as an adaptation. I think okay. so, too. So, I feel like a reboot would be something more like when... when So, like, another Shakespearean play, like, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that could be, like, a reboot, because it's yeah. based on that Taming of the Shrew. Um, yeah. And uh, she's the man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is one of my favorite movies. You're the worst. <laughs> it's so good. Whereas, whereas, I like, there's very, care. there's several um, adaptations of Hamlet. So there's like the one right. with Mel Gibson. There's the one with Kenneth Branagh. Lion there's the King. one with Ethan Hawke. There's the one with lions. Lion. The ones with lions. <laughs> the ones with lions. Would so, that one be a reboot? Because I, now it's a cartoon. I don't know. But like, that's what I like. So I think of like the adaptation of it. As being like, oh yeah, Kenneth Branagh is sitting there reciting the play. Mm-hmm. That's clearly an adaptation. Right. But then you right, you look at Taming of the Shrew, Ten Things I Hate About You. That, I think, is like a reboot of it. Because like you said, Emily, before, I think the main thing is like there is there is more liberties taken. Mm-hmm. But setting it in a modern context is also part of what makes it a... Not, so not yeah, just, I disagree with that, I think. Well, no, like 
uh, an adaptation can be set in the modern right. the modern day, but I think reboots are always kind of set in the modern day. So also, I, I I don't think the time jump is necessary for one or the other because, for instance, if you could think of like Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, <laughs> like I would call that a reboot. Yeah. But it's still set in the the alternate day or the in the, the Georgian England. I never saw that one. I neither did either. It sounds dumb, but <laughs> yeah, it sounds real dumb. <laughs> but they took Pride and Prejudice and just added it some zombies dumb. and like okay. Or but like, is it? I mean, but but again, is it like? Oh, I guess because we haven't seen it, this you might have to cut this out because. Yeah, but it, because I was like, well, do they like when we were talking about the one with Keira Knightley? We talked about like yeah, literally like lines from the book, like the dialogue from mm-hmm. the book yeah. is still there. Did they do that with the new one, or did no. they change it around? Oh, they Pride and Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is an entirely different book, including the fact that they like their status as people is dependent on where they train to kill zombies. Oh, like, interesting. The the Bennett sisters went to China, which is less fashionable but like more realistic. Whereas the very expensive uh, rich women go to Japan to train. Oh. Okay, so it's a completely different thing. So it's yeah, it's it's a different thing. It was, I would call that a reboot though. <laughs> like that's that's kind of what my thought of it a reboot is. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I think it's a reboot. I I don't think it's an adaptation. Um, it was it. The movie was done, but I hear the book was good. That's an interesting that exercise, about I'm right. sure, yeah. Um, incidentally, the person who wrote that uh, also wrote, I think, Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. And then he was supposed to write a third book, which the publisher rejected because it was plagiarism. Which is like, <laughs> how how close to another book do you have to get when you're literally like ripping off the titles and plots and characters of all these other books? It's, it's literally like Romeo and Juliet and Steve. Yes. Like it's like, it's the title of the thing yeah. and then one other thing. You're like... That's really funny. I can't believe that... Like, you yeah. were okay with the other two. Like, what, what happened, bro? War and peace and werewolves. Yeah. yeah. Like, whatever. <laughs> that'd be good. So that would, he, that'd probably be a real god. They, they uh, TM, TM, TM. dropped it. Um, <laughs> I wonder what, what, it, what it would have been. Yeah. Like, what he was... They said he lifted a book word for word from... But I was like, but he did that before. Like... <laughs> well, maybe, like, someone what? had already written that book that oh, he was trying to write. Oh, adaptation. Yeah, maybe... Yeah. And then, like, he just was like, oh, well, it's already done. <laughs> I do want to talk about short-form adaptation, like um, the movie Mirror Mask. Because Mirror Mask is, like, a short story, but they make it into this really long movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which doesn't contain half of the stuff that is in Mirror Mask, the short story. Yeah. Hmm. So, do you know what else is a short story that was made into a really long movie? What? Benjamin Button. Benjamin Button, that's right. That's F. Scott Fitzgerald, isn't it? Yeah, and it's completely different. And if you so, ever read the short story, it's just like oh. about him, Benjamin, growing up, and his father, like, rejecting him. Aww. It's very strange. Well, uh, yeah, it is sad, but it's but then like <laughs> when you watch well. the when you watch the movie, you're like, and and Kate Blanchett's here, and you're really hot because you're Brad Pitt, <laughs> yeah. and you know. But yeah, the talking about that short story turned into a film that was really long. You know, I think it, the term reboot kind of has to do with like the time period from which the source material comes, because like you can't reboot Shakespearean drama like that doesn't make any sense to me and like my current understanding of like what a reboot is but you can definitely reboot like anything that's a franchise or like a a... okay i think i understand what you're saying that like we have already in our collective 
cultural consciousness have already experienced this thing, and now we're doing it again in a different way. A Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, Shakespeare, I I get what you're saying, because I think that, like, She's the Man and Ten Things I Hate About You, I feel like people call those adaptations. Yeah. And I think it's because Shakespeare is... Everyone reads Shakespeare in high school, and so it's a part of our cultural consciousness. Right, it's like the foundation so, of our literature, of all of it. Yeah, and so we're familiar with the the plot and everything already, but this is a different version. Yeah, because I don't think, like, She's the Man would qualify as a reboot. Like, it's it has all the hallmarks, but it just seems... Well, because also the play is a play and not a movie so maybe it has to do with the medium the first right, crossing medium boundaries and that is a uh adaptation but if we're doing another movie of she's based the on Man, a movie then... that is a <gasps> reboot okay everything okay. we said before is invalid okay we're, <laughs> we're learning getting together guys we talked it out <laughs> teamwork makes the dream work <clears throat> <laughs> to get the biscuit <laughs> that's right gotta risk it for the biscuit um okay so what we've come to is then um, it, an adaptation crosses genre, or not genre boundaries, but um, media medium boundaries. So, like from a book to a TV show, or from a video right. game to a, a song. That's a, that's one I'd like to see, uh, or from whatever. And then, but if it's just within the same medium, it's a reboot, right? And I'm so Google something real fast. Like you just said, uh, Richard Corey is actually a very famous poem mm-hmm. that was adapted into a song, but the song ha- doesn't have the same words. Like, it's not like they just put me- the poem to music. Like, right. it's the same story, but it's, um, I think it's by um, Simon and Garfunkel. Um, I say that's true. But Richard also, Corey. it follows the, the spirit of the source material, but not right. the letter of the source material. But it is still, it seems to be an adaptation. Adaptation, yes. I think if you're crossing mediums, it's an adaptation. Um, that feels right. I'm trying to think of an example that would prove it wrong. Like, yeah. Well, you see a lot of times adapted for the screen, or yeah. you know, yeah. I guess if you adapted for the stage, <laughs> like someone takes like a short story and, and yeah. creates a play or whatever. Because I guess if you just wrote another book, it would just be like a sequel. Or, or a reboot. Like that's the only way to describe what you're doing. If it's in the same medium, it would just be a reboot. Yeah. Okay. So, cut out the first twenty minutes of this. Because right. <laughs> now. Well, let's just look to show how we got there too. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> let's let's talk about uh, books into movies, TV shows, or video games. Sure. Um, there is, so have you guys ever read Stardust by Neil Gaiman? Uh, yes. No. It's lovely. And they made a... Before you leave my house today. (laughs) (laughs) It's lovely. And they made a lovely movie out of it. But the movie is very different from the book. I'm glad you brought this one up because I think this is a good example of following the spirit. Yes. Because it did leave out a lot of stuff and certain things changed, but it's... It, because it's so true to the spirit, and I know that Neil Gaiman kind of did, like, write, sign off on it. Yeah. Um, that it's... Sometimes when you when you watch adaptations, you're just like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what, what is this? And you're so disappointed. And even though this does have... It does have to change things for, you know, cinematic purposes or whatever. Yeah. Um, they just did a really good job. You don't feel like you're being cheated. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially, like, they added the part with Robert De Niro, the cross-dressing pirate captain, which is just, like, not in the book, but it's still just so good. Like, it's (laughs) so... And he has a little heart on his mole, and you're like, this is just too He gives himself a beauty mark. (laughs) We always knew you were a whoopsie. (laughs) His crew, like... And his crew is just totally cool with it. They're like, we knew. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, Stardust was great. Hunger Games... The first movie, I was so impressed. I was not expecting much because The Hunger Games is not, like, a visual thing. I don't know if you guys have ever read it, but it's a lot of her, like, panicking about not dying, basically. It's just (laughs) how the whole book goes. And so, you know she's in the forest, and you know she's in, like, a coal mining town in the beginning. But, like, other than that, you don't get a lot of visuals. But this movie just made these beautiful visuals everything from like the way people dress to the way they mm-hmm. wore their hair to the way the people in the capital dressed and wore their hair and like everything about it just made it so real and i loved the first movie it was so good well um so i think that's actually a, a good thing that you've just kind of hit on is like when you're doing an adaptation because it's switching mediums mm-hmm. there's a lot of room to fill up because one medium doesn't have all the same like abilities as another medium yes so you kind of have to fill in gaps here and there or remove things here and there it's like a required thing just making it in another medium yeah but if you're doing a reboot you you have all the same options as the person before you it's and, a reimagining of those right options. and like you better do it well or yeah and differently Right. Or, but also the same, because because very, we need to be able to connect. It's very difficult, because, Ugh. like, it's already been done, so you're, you, like, that's the bar they set for mm-hmm. themselves, or for you, you know, like. Yeah. Otherwise, there is no bar, and, like, you could do a bad job, but, like, maybe it's just not possible to, to adapt to this, or whatever. I, that makes me think of Les Mis. Like, I am a huge Les Mis fan mm-hmm. of the, of the, um, Les play. Uh, Les the musical or the play? The play, I have read the book, wasn't a huge fan of the book. It is a very long book. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very dense, and it's mostly a history lesson. Yeah, and so there's a couple things that I do want to talk about. First, in connection with this, when they made the movie, I think that they weren't thinking about what kind of... They were thinking about the medium of the movie, but I think they also weren't thinking about what made the play amazing and like the play is amazing because of the music and the story mm-hmm. so they kept the story but then they they did this thing where everyone was like singing realistically which is like you know gasping and just not very well huh, and like i understand what they were doing <coughs> but if you're thinking about like why people like this play it's because of the music and right. so now no one can enjoy... Those people who like the play because of the music cannot enjoy this movie. Because so you're talking about the, with Hugh Jackman and yes. when, they, when they redid the, the musical version. Yes, the musical version. Liam, the Liam Neeson-Jeffrey Rush yeah. movie is... I think, I think is what you were talking about. I think it was a really well done... Because it's not a musical. They, they took the storyline and it's not a musical. So it was, you know, it, it didn't... Again, it didn't um, deprive anybody of 
the music that they love because that that was never what it was going to be. It was not so part it's of just it, yeah, yeah, it's just a really good story as opposed to like, okay, we're going to do the music and everybody's like, yay, and then they don't do it well. Exactly. Yeah. However, so the visuals in that movie were stunning. Although, so part of it also, they had some really stunning visuals, but then they did a thing where like they just focused on one person while they're singing. And like in that instance, I think they were thinking more of a, a stage production as opposed to a movie where they have a lot of visual options. In the stage production, you just watch someone sing and that's enough. That's definitely fine. But in a, in a movie, you have just so many options of visuals that you can give. And like just focusing on one person while they sing, I think was really um, limiting. That's interesting because, like, I've seen scenes productions where, like, while someone's singing, things are, like, going on all over the place, you know? Right. But in in this instance, I'm talking about uh, Fontaine's song, um, what is the one that she sings by herself? When her hair is cut. Oh, oh yeah. The... I think On My um, Own. I think it's called mm, On My Own. That one's Eponine's song. That's Eponine's song, yeah. Yeah. So, Fontaine's she's... song, she's real sad. And she's, like, there are so many things that you could be showing, like, things that are happening to her, things that did happen to her. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, it is literally, like, the story of the song they could be showing, but they just showed her yes. singing. Exactly. Oh, okay, that's dumb. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm just, like, there were so many options here, and you you chose, I think they had the mindset of the play, and mm-hmm. they, I think they made a poor choice um, in that instance. Also, one real quick question. The um, Gavroche in the book is the Thenardier's son, but I don't think he is in the play. Hmm. Yeah, he's kind of just like a street urchin kid. He's just a street urchin child and related to nobody. <clears throat> uh, and it took me a long time to figure that out because I was like, wait, aren't they like related? And then I was like, oh, no, that's that's in the book. Harry Potter. I dreamed a dream. I dreamed a dream. That's I dreamed song. a dream. We <laughs> got there. We got there. Yay. I dreamed a dream. And time Do- gone by. Did you know that people are talking about a Harry Potter reboot? That sounds like it could go 50-50. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel about it, too. I'm like, well, great. There's um, pro- my initial reaction was to be like, what the... F-? And then I'm like, but you know what? Yeah. There's always room for improvement. And there's some things in the Harry Potter. I love the books. I love the films. Yeah. But there's always things that you're kind of like, oh, I wish they had done differently. I yeah. In terms of, like, casting and... Huh? Like, why yeah. that? That seems like it's already been done. They've, like, done the whole thing. Because, Matt, money. Well, yeah, of course <laughs> money. But why also, do we reboot anything? But why are you interested in it as a fan? Like, I, I feel think, like that's un- inexplicable to me. Oh, I, so. I think they did it. Go ahead. Oh, uh, you're asking me, like, why as a fan would I want yeah. it done? Because, so Emily touched on this with <laughs> Stardust. Because there were th- there were choices made in terms of like what they cut out and what they left in that I think if being able to look back on it and say like, because they were making the films as the books were Mm -hmm. being completed. So there are certain things that they left out of say like the first like three movies, maybe even the fourth book or fourth movie that became really integral parts of like the last, three books mm-hmm. so right. if they rebooted them and redid them they would be able to kind of correct those oversights which 
at the time weren't oversights. They because they genuinely didn't know. Was, like nobody knew yeah, that it was, was deliberate choice. Yeah. Okay. Um, Interesting. That's a good yeah. answer. Because they, uh, it really pissed me off in the third book, which is my favorite. The third movie they left out who made the Marauders map, which like yeah, it comes to matter quite a lot who made the Marauders map and why. And uh, in that same movie, it matters quite a lot, actually. So I don't know why they made that choice. But I think when they were making the first three, they didn't understand how big the franchise would be. Mm-hmm. I think that they were making it on a low budget to make a profit in order... And, like, with the idea that we they wouldn't get through all seven movies, I think. Hmm. I think they were being very cautious. Um, I think they had... All of the actors were good, except for the children. Um, actually, except for um, Harry Potter. <laughs> you don't like I, Daniel Radcliffe? I don't. I, I hear that he is a very good actor now. He was not at that point in his life. Which is <laughs> well, fair, and to be he fair, was 11. And he was 11, but also, too, I think the... And this is something else that I think that they could address with a reboot. Is that they made a lot of the characters... Like, it was like, stay in your lane. And then, you know, so as, so it was like, Harry is just like a really like stubborn kind of shithead kid. And then he becomes this angsty kid. There wasn't a lot of range in the script of the movie. In the books, like behaviors make sense. Um, And then I think in the movies, there just wasn't a lot of range. And maybe it was like, oh yeah, there wasn't a lot of range given by the actor, but I don't think there was a lot of range within the script. It was very much like, you are these tropes now. You are the, the this is the character and this is what everybody knows and loves about the character, so be that character. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, Daniel Radcliffe can't stand to watch the early movies because he himself thinks he's a terrible actor at that point. <laughs> um, he does come around. I feel like he's probably a great actor now. He's in a bunch of other stuff and he has more... Um, he, like, literally had a master class in acting, like, from Alan Rickman and Maggie Smith <laughs> and, like, all of these amazing world-class actors that he, like, grew up with, basically. Right. That's um, funny. So I'm sure he's extremely good now. <laughs> yeah. Extremely lucky. Yeah, extremely lucky. Um, but then there are a lot of movies just talking about, like, you know, as a fan of a thing, wanting a reboot. There's so many things that I'm like, why? Like, why is this still... Can we talk about the one that I am, like, livid about? Absolutely. Reboot. They're rebooting Reboot. Are they really? They are, and it's not 3D. It's live action. Oh. And they're turning it into, like, a Power Rangers thing. No. Yeah. It's completely different. That's not a thing. And it's, like, not how that works. That's completely wrong. You guys are the worst. It's not even in the spirit (laughs) or the letter of the source material. Like, get over it. I, yeah. um... You should see Lauren's I, face right now. It's super frowny. It's, it's about super the frowniest frowny. I've ever seen it. I went back and watched some reboot, and I you would not believe how awful the graphics are. Oh, I, I think I love it for that reason. It I is... know, but, like, I remember them being bad, but, like, bad in a fun way, but not <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I mean, I do love that fact about it. Like, it's got it's some, just... like, Windows 95 vibes going on. Yeah, it's it definitely, really like, some vaporwave bullshit in that show, which is why I love oh it. God. I love all the dead space. Next next time you watch an episode, the dead space between the characters is really great because it's literally like, um, what is it, Hack and Slash? Uh-huh. 
will like say something and then there's just like this long gap of silence and then and then like yes. Bob will be like okay like it's like it's, it's so weird like the pacing that of it that did happen I yeah. remember that that's yeah. so funny but the, yeah, the that was that was where I first saw my favorite recap trope of the play within a movie. Yeah. Where they recap everything via play, and it is the best. This they was do that in musical. Avatar, the airbender. Yeah, and when I saw it in Avatar, I was like, this is an homage to Reboot, and I will accept it. Yeah. <laughs> because There's other things they've done that was too. just so genius. Was it the second season when Bob gets sucked out into the net? That and was then the coolest. That, so, like, that show is just, like... So silly and kind of ridiculous, and then all of a sudden took this really serious, like yeah, intense it got turn. Dark and stuff. Oh, it was so good, and like, <laughs> what uh, it was, and so, and I'm trying to remember the girl Andromeda or Andrea. Andrea, it was Andrea. Really attractive, especially when she grows up. Yeah, right. That's what I meant. <laughs> and they made her into some like weird mm-hmm. sex mermaid. But also, to I be mean, fair, Enzo turned into like a giant muscle bound. Like was, he's like cable. He turned jacked. into cable. Is what he did. Yeah, so. He got the like eyeball. I think everybody yeah. turned into like and Bob a got sexy. sexy. Version. Yeah, he got long uh, he got noodles and like yeah. silver he got long skin. <laughs> that was that show was awesome. Show. <laughs> oh. But now they're gonna make it like. Oh, we're Power Rangers and we fight the internet when it comes, mm. when it's bad for us. But no. I don't even know. It doesn't make any sense. And like, I have yet to see, oh no, there is like, yeah, they just suck, they suck teenagers into the internet and then they, and then the teenagers fight crime or something. I don't know what they fight. <laughs> oh my God. That's so lame. This, it's Power I Rangers, mean, but for the internet. It's so dumb. It's well, see, so dumb. And it makes me wonder, so now that we're talking about like, creator's choices and how we are all clearly like that's a bad choice why why did that get greenlit mm-hmm. it makes me wonder because of how far technology has gone is it cheaper to shoot it live action than to oh, yeah. hire the people who would make it like an amazing animated 3d computer I graphic have, movie like i have to imagine it would be cheaper with graphics because you don't have to pay insurance you don't have to pay actors I mean, you do have to pay the voice actors, but like you can get voice well, actors for pretty cheap. To be clear, they well, do they have, have a lot of famous people. 3D sequences. There's a lot of like CGI when the characters are in the internet like fighting zone okay. or whatever. Okay. There but there is like apparently going to be a lot of like just live action like stuff going on. Mm. Um, can we talk about Power Rangers though? I have one more thing to say. Yeah. I think they could have done it if they just made it super vaporwave, this aesthetic of like Windows ninety five and like <laughs> all this crazy shit. If they just rebooted reboot as that, give us our nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, give us like the version of nostalgia that has become like an like a super hip aesthetic, you know? Yeah. And just make it like hip beyond everything, and then also with the reboot characters doing <sighs> whatever. Should that we do this for awesome. Halloween? I'm going to write this down. Vaporwave reboot? <laughs> <laughs> or no, just like us going as uh, reboot characters. Because yeah, I, I, as funny. we've been talking, I'm like, I had such a crush on Mouse. Like, she I was, was so say. cool. Oh, yeah, I had a serious, she was cool. I had a serious lady crush on Mouse. I forgot about yeah. her. <laughs> she was so smart and kind of she mysterious. Was. I liked, I liked Andrea. Yes, you did. We established that. <laughs> oh, and, what, and uh, Megabyte? And what was the witch's name? Hexadecimal. Hexadecimal. Too. I love Hexadecimal, too. She was great. In the in the play, they're like, and he came face to face to face to face to face with Hexadecimal. I and I was just that. like, yes! 
That was my favorite part. She the was joke great, is because the, the character has like a bunch of faces, and so yeah, she's she's got six faces because she's hexadecimal. <laughs> face to face to face to face to face with hexadecimal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk uh, about Power Rangers. Yeah, Power Rangers. I is I guess they're it's continuously being rebooted, basically. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's almost on par with like Doctor. I was just about to say that Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. Yeah, yeah, where it's because it's like the the idea. Uh, that the Power Rangers are like worthy chosen people means that you know the you know the Red Ranger and the Blue Ranger like they, there is the Ranger right, but it could be played by anybody. So it leaves you uh, room for like infinite reincarnation. They wrote rebooting into the script into yeah. like, into yeah. the spirit of the source material, which yeah. is what they did with Doctor Who as well because he regenerates so. Every time they want to change basically whatever, they just hire a new actor and, like, reboot the show again. Though yeah. I think that Doctor Who is definitely more coherent than uh, Power Rangers as a whole. I mean... Because like, there's, probably. like, animals, or, you know, droids. And it's, yeah, it's like, oh, dinosaurs. And then we're going to use, like, rainforest creatures. And then we're <laughs> yeah. going to use... I mean, and I guess so. House but also, pets. So, yeah. That all makes sense, though. Like, in, in the spirit of the, the yeah. thing, it's like... This alien just made you new, a bunch of new robots. Like, here's your new robots. Here you go. New kids. Like, to them, they don't know that they're not new. That's true. I, I watched the movie, um, the Power Rangers movie, uh, mm-hmm. where, oh, what was her name? Elizabeth Banks goo? was Rita. No, no, no. That's the old one. The yeah. new one that has, oh, like, Elizabeth Banks is Rita Repulsa. Oh, yeah. Um, How was and, it? like, I, you know what? I liked it, but I think it was also because. I really enjoyed, um, like, second grader going home, watching Power Rangers, had Pink Ranger gloves and the whole mm. kit and caboodle, like, super into that life in yeah. second grade. So it did my little adult heart. It Really, it wasn't that great. It was the, going back to that idea of nostalgia where it kind of, like, fed certain yeah. things to me and I appreciated too that they had like a there's like a whole training montage kind of thing and like they were having kind of the the idea was that like oh they couldn't they were all having trouble like morphing and it was because they weren't working as a team and so it was more about them coming together as people and friend and like actually creating a bond and that's what allowed them to become the rangers because it's like the whole point is like it's a team right. yeah so it kind of addressed that stuff as opposed to being like all of a sudden, like, five rando people who don't know each other but are all really good at karate <laughs> just coming together and immediately get along so, just regardless of their backstories. Here's a question. Would you call that movie, that latest Power Rangers movie, a reboot? I think so. Yeah. Because there was already a Power Rangers movie. So by our standards, that would be a reboot. Yeah. But also, but the Power I would say Rangers, all of them yeah. are reboots. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what we just talked about for the last 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Okay. Because, like, I feel like, um, like you can make a gritty reboot of something if it was not gritty before, even if it was within the same medium. If you, like, substantially change mm-hmm. the tone, I would call yeah. that a reboot, even though it's, like, a movie to a movie. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yes. Because, like, there was, like, agree. there were, like, Batman movies. Let's take, for instance. Oh, it's another, this is another good and they rabbit went, hole to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they made more Batman movies, like, the latest ones are, like, dark and gritty and, like, really good, but they're considered, like, a reboot of that franchise, despite the fact that there were already a reboot before. Yeah, because, I mean, they had, they, 
it's this issue of canon, right? So once the new ba- the um, what's his name, Bale, uh, Christian, Christian Bale, Bale uh, Batman movies yeah. came out, then the old ones were no longer canon. So it's this idea of replacing canon. That I don't think that's necessarily all reboots are replacing canon because obviously Power Rangers I don't think that's the case. Right. But in a lot of them they are like the Spider Man movies. They Those, rebooted it yeah. and so replaced the canon of the Tobey Maguire movies. Which I watched the Tobey Maguire movies and I haven't seen any of the the I more recent either. ones yeah, because right. I was like I, that was one of those things where I was like I'm done. I got burned on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. I, was like, I don't was care. Bad. And like, I don't really like Spider-Man. Spider-Man mm-hmm. was not my... He's not my jam. I feel like Spider-Man is more for, like, the angsty teenage boy. That's funny, because he was definitely my jam when I was a kid. Well, but, <laughs> but I think that's the point, though, right? Because yeah. he was really, like... He was, like, really witty. Well, witty. He joked around yeah, a lot, and he was, he was punny and yeah. silly. But he also dealt with a lot of darker stuff. And I, I think he was also a little whiny and hmm. at times, at, you know... Be, I guess. Yeah. I mean, his uncle died. Le- least we forget. <laughs> least we forget. He did has a dead know? uncle. Hey, did, did you, you know? Peter um, Parker's dead uncle? Oh, God. The, de- uh, the, the dead uncle again. <laughs> Enough with the dead uncles already. <laughs> Just let's fight. What is this? Um, so, yeah. So, I think Spider-Man... And I'm, and I'm not saying he's, like, a bad character. That's not what I mean. Like, when I was, when I was younger, I was definitely like, eh, Spider-Man. Yeah. But now I'm like, oh, that... I he was not for me. Okay. <laughs> um but I appreciate him talking about the canon of things. I appreciated like how Spider-Man played into Avengers and other things. So it's like I I appreciate him as a character and liked what he brought to the table when he was doing um crossover stuff. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't just read Spider-Man comics, but like if he was in other comics I'd be like, "Oh, cool, Spider-Man." Yeah. <laughs> uh and then to see those movies just be so bad and yeah. use really good people and yeah. just not well yeah i do want to bring up x-men because i was mm. a huge x-men fan yes and i like how so these movies that they've made recently it looked like they were doing a reboot and then they kind of tied it back to the original movies the, the shitty movies they had made and I thought that was very clever because I was like, okay, let's start again. Are we going to do this thing with Spider-Man again? Reboot it three times in, you know, ten years. But <laughs> incidentally, they didn't. They It looked like a reboot, and then it just tied right back to the old one in a time travely kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was very clever. Not all of them were gems, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and and too talking about the talking about source material like that X Men, X Men especially, and maybe because I liked X Men so much more, but like X Men especially was all about that. It was like, yeah. uh, let's do it in space. Yeah. Uh, let's go back in time. Yeah. Uh, le- you know. And that was the source material. All yes, of that. The, the comics. Okay, so the comics were reboot, th- like something that already rebooted itself in the source material a million times. Yeah. You know. Well, so I, it would be I think like also part of it is that like. There are few things that are canon in um, in X Men. Like, there's just not a lot. 
mostly personalities mm-hmm. and not necessarily whether someone's good or evil because Emma Frost has like jumped over that line several times. <laughs> so is Magneto um, and he's considered yeah. one of the great like X-Men villains, but well. yeah, but his personality is always consistent, whether yeah. he's good or evil, the same with Emma Frost and everyone else. Like, and like rogue is sometimes evil, sometimes good, but their personalities and their powers are always consistent. Mm-hmm. And sometimes their powers, like for instance, I really appreciate Kitty Pride, uh, Shadow Cat, because in the beginning she can just walk through walls, which is great. But then they kind of extend her powers to the point where she can, for instance, dr- disrupt electrical currents. And then she can phase through, for instance, the earth. And travel <laughs> at the speed of light, you know, mm. because or at the speed of the earth turning rather. That's so she terrifying. Can, yeah, right. She <laughs> like, how would you know do... when to come back out? And like, w- if you made a mistake, you'd just be in space. And like, there's yeah. so many problems. <laughs> there's so many problems, but she she worked she it out a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, they worked it out. She's a physicist, so presumably she would know how to work that out. I guess. Um, but I mean, she figured out how she, to have sex with Colossus. That's right, she did. Mm. So, okay. <laughs> was Colossus in this most recent movie? Because that would he's be in the Deadpool's, it. I think. That's what uh, I was well, he's definitely say. in That's Deadpool. Um, and he was in he was in some of the X Men movies, but like he, as a teen, yeah. he was in the second one in for like five seconds. Yeah, and then I think he might have been in the like Days of Future Past. Okay, or, not I don't know. I don't remember anymore. But <laughs> he he pops up. He makes. I do appreciate how they left it though i think there's room for more good movies they like fucked up royally on the third movie and then they're like we need to not do that again <laughs> and they've been, they, the, they and the second better. one wasn't that great either but yeah no. the third one was a well and also too the the idea like that um you know uh logan and jean gray had this like I I think that was kind of a footnote almost like their like true. relationship. There was yeah, uh, Wolverine and Storm got together. You know, like it's, let's just be honest, Wolverine's just banging all. He's the just getting it, but that's that's part of what, yeah, that's part of what they did in the comics, which is like oh, okay, I guess now you you two kiss and like <laughs> now you two and like now you do yeah right. yeah. <laughs> But, like, so the fact that, like, Jean Grey was, like, this great love of his life, it's yeah. kind of like... I don't believe it. That doesn't She was horrible. Can we get over it? But I think, I think, I hate Jean Grey, personally, but I think there's something Same. really epically capital R romantic about the fact that uh, Logan is the only one that can kill her when she goes crazy, and he also happens to be in love with her, and it's, like, this horrible cycle, because she is reborn again and then she goes crazy again like this is a cycle that she's in mm-hmm. and every time he has to kill her because he's the only one who can do it because he's the only one who can survive long enough to do it hmm, and so it's just like this that is something that i really appreciate about i really hate jean gray and everything about her but i like this this weird cycle that they're in <laughs> I hate her so much that I am enjoying this cycle of suffering. (laughs) It's it's awful and tragic and like, oh God, you know, because he he loves her. Uh, I'm going to jump tracks here and change the topic a little bit. Let's do it. I want to talk about two uh, reboots slash adaptations that are interesting, I think. Um, The first one is a video game called Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. Which is constantly rebooted because... Every sequel has nothing to do with the previous one. Yeah, I don't know why they call it the same thing. I don't do know Do you either. know why? I don't. 
I'm sure there's a reason. Money marketing, yeah, yeah. Right, it makes like it that. easier to market. Yeah, but like every every new installation is just like a completely different thing, and it constantly reboots itself, and like that is built in, just like Doctor Who and Power Rangers, into the source material that it gets right. re- rebooted every time. Um, so I think that's interesting, but it's also interesting that they turned it into a couple of different movies that were also just reboots of the things. Um, although there was like a a few direct adaptations, but they had to be, like, different stories because, like, so they, they rebooted, they they made an adaptation of, like, Final Fantasy VII to a movie. Was that Alice. Advent Children? Yes. Oh, was it? Yeah. Okay. That's the only movie they made, right? No, they made a couple. There's one oh, really? where they're, like, in outer space and they're fighting, like, glowing monster things with guns. That, that was Advent Children. Advent Children. But then there's another one where, like, it's just Final Fantasy VII, except, like, all the characters are there and they're doing things, but they get together for one last heist. And, like, whatever. <laughs> okay. But, like, that, that one's, like, an, a straight adaptation from Final Fantasy VII to this movie. Yeah. Whereas, like, the the Advent Children was, like, a reboot of the Final Fantasy concept into a video, like, movie. I think, in that case, they were just using... Cause did it have anything to do with Final Fantasy? Was I mean, to be honest, concepts? I haven't really played the games. Those are all, like, okay. thousand-hour games. I'm not into that. But Yeah, that So, I don't think it did, because they all kind of seem like sword and sorcery type things to me. Yeah. Or, like, you know, anime, Japanese, like, RPG thing. Whereas that seemed like a, a gritty military shooter with, like, glowing aliens. So yeah. I think basically. it was, like, pretty different. So, okay. that's an interesting, like, kind of weird edge case where, like... You could think about it forever and be like, "Is that a reboot? Did this episode of that do that reboot? Like, yeah. was the sequel a reboot of the third one?" Right. And that kind of gets very complicated, very interesting to think about. It's um, to me, it kind of sounds like it's like this franchise where it was like, "Well, kind of anything goes as long as you're staying within certain yeah. boundaries for the characters or something like that." Like it just well, the characters are all different, but like, yeah, but I think that's the point. Is like it's built into the source material that like. It's very loosey goosey as to like what's allowed, like what's not allowed. Right. It's not very strict with its with its spirit. I yeah. guess yeah. it's a spiritual slut. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, it's a spirit of money. <laughs> it's, that's right. Its spirit is dollars. <laughs> or this idea that like, oh, I found that really inspirational, but just this one part. So now I'm going to go over here and create this whole other thing right. based on like <laughs> this grain of like an that idea. Like... Yeah, and like we might as well just call it the same thing. But, yeah. Um. The other thing I want to talk about was uh, the Tomb Raider series mm-hmm. and how that gets rebooted and yeah. changed, but how all the changes also seem to propagate through to different mediums. So, like, you had your original Tomb Raider in the 90s, and she was, like, a polygon, like, big-boobed, <laughs> like, yeah, I like remember. superhero heroine lady who would raid tombs, like an Indiana Jones character, uh, and she would have to kill, like, hundreds of thousands of people and to do it. It was a shooting game and, like, a puzzle game and, like, a platforming game. And then, you know, they made some sequels, and eventually they made uh, a movie with Angelina Jolie, and it was pretty awful, but mm, yeah. it kind of stuck to, like, the, the source material, and, frankly, no one cared, because, like... Angelina Jolie? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And no one was expecting She had the long ponytail lot. and the gun, so... Yeah. They did a good job. Basically Tomb Raider. <laughs> um... But then they rebooted the the like the last couple of years, like I think 2013, they rebooted the Tomb Raider games completely. Yeah. And so they okay. made um, like a new Laura Croft, like a new design for her, and like a new like origin story and everything. They just kind of like started from scratch with the, the idea that Laura Croft raids tombs, and like 
went from there. And the, the games turned out to be wildly popular, and so now they're making new movies that are rebooted from those games. <laughs> that's, I think, also... Or adapted that's from a good idea, because I, I'm very interested in seeing this new Tomb Raider movie. I yeah. think it's been out already, right? Uh, it's coming out soon. And, like, it's way and, grittier, like, in the, the games, like, when you die, like, Laura gets, like, a fucking rebar through her face and shit. Oh. And she, like, it's, like, real brutal and, like, kind of scary. Because, like, it, like, emphasizes, like, her toughness is but what it does a lot. what kills me, too, is that somebody was like, that's real life, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that so, could happen. Somebody's like... Get a rebar in the Somebody face. was probably like, that's extremely violent and maybe a little over the top. If you were... Tomb Raiding? <laughs> this is what could happen to you. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but, um, so, like, one thing that I've seen is, like, from the previews of the movie, is, like, there's a part in the game where Laura is, like, tiptoeing across the, the the wing of this downed airplane, and the wing is extending over, like, a waterfall. And her yeah. hands are tied, so she's gotta be, she's running from someone or something. She has to be quick and careful, and on this, like, precarious overhang, and obviously it, it breaks, and she has to, like, latch on for dear life to something with her bare-cuffed hand, her haired-cuffed hands. But that scene was, like, taken directly from the game and put into the movie. And, like... Interesting. It's just, like, really fascinating that, like, life... Or, like, movies imitate games, imitate movies, imitate games. Yeah. And, like, this a, weird cycle like that... cycle. Yeah, that never seems to need to end. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. And it also is interesting, like, how reboots imitate the original source material, which then creates this adaptation that imitates the new reboot, you know, like, and, like, how to chart chart that, like, flow. Yeah, this flip chart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Laura Um, Croft does a really good job of actually that. You know, like, we could make a flow chart and be, like, you know, and have, like, the little dash line for an adaptation and then (laughs) a solid line for the reboot and it would, like, really crossover a lot yeah yeah Yeah. be pretty cool i think another reboot that we were going to talk about is death note the Mm. netflix version lauren i feel like you have some thoughts on this oh they're all pretty negative (laughs) yeah also go ahead sorry oh i was gonna say it's about this thing like when we were when we were coming up and uh watching anime and it was still like unavailable over here we would get these subbed uh versions and then when they finally made it over to America, we would get the dub version. And I remember thinking, like, almost every single time they made a huge misstep with, like, a voice actor. And it was like, this is unlistenable. Yeah. Uh, uh, Sailor Moon was really bad for me. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I was thinking One Piece was just, like, they had some real wild ideas about <laughs> how people were going to talk. Um, and I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like, I, I had to do the subbed version. But that reminds me of Death Note, where they rebooted it with, I think, a white guy, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so that's cool. Um, <laughs> cool, what cool, else? cool. Cool, cool, cool. Cool, 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 It was, so I think that was, like, that was part of the, the, the biggest thing was, like, okay, the choices for the, the actors. And it just... And and because you're taking a series, so I think this is this is like a really dangerous thing. Sometimes it's done well. Um, I can't currently think of any examples. I know that there are some out there because there's an exception to every rule. Yeah. <clears throat> but 
whenever you're taking a really like long kind of thought out thing and then try to condense it into like an hour and a half movie, it's mm -hmm. like, it will be much harder for you to create, not that it's impossible, that connection or that empathy for the main character, especially anything like Death Note, because literally it's like this teenage kid who gets a book that allows him, like if you, you write a person's name, you have to have like, you have to know like their face and their name, like what they look like in their name. And you write that person's name down and how they die and they die. And so this kid gets this serious God complex or like this vigilante God complex where he's like, all these people deserve to die and I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, like, why would you root for someone like that? Because now, yeah. you know, so I just don't, I just don't know. Did you like the original anime? I did. Oh, okay. I, and I, I haven't watched all of it. Yeah. Because it, it is dark. It yeah. is. It's one of those things where I could watch a little bit of it and be like, nah, okay, I need to stop because <laughs> I feel my soul dying a little bit because it's, it is, it's, it's dark and it's, you know, but it's a really interesting, really interesting ideas. I think one of my favorite, which we talked about on the podcast before, but is um, Full Metal Alchemist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Full Metal Alchemist has an, a second series called Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. And that, when I think of like, it's not really a reboot. What it is is that like Full Metal Alchemist is a manga, and then a lot of times mangas are written hand in hand with the uh, the anime series. Yeah. So there's a lot of filler. Yeah. So what Brotherhood does is take out that filler and just moves the plot along. And I feel like, yeah, if you want to do something like that, that's really cool. I don't think that really falls into our adaptation or our reboot discussion. But I think with something like that's, but that's like the danger of it, right? Where it's like, okay, we're going to take this, like I said, like this really long thought out series that's really complicated has a lot of characters has a lot of like back and forth in terms of morals of the characters blah 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 we're going to condense it down into an hour and a half movie <laughs> cast a white man <laughs> um, um i'm trying to think of like if i would consider the the brotherhood a reboot or not an adaptation yeah because i think because you still have like four seasons of it, right. you know, so you get you get the depth and quite frankly the length. Is it still the, the same story? Yes. And what they do is they remove the filler. So it's just they, like a recutting of it. Yeah, it's like they condensed it into like the main plot. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. But I the the only re like I said I don't know if it really fits into our conversation about adaptation. The only reason I say it is because if you're going to make an adaptation of something like, and books are the same way, right? You have like, Oh, you have this 400 page novel. We're going to try to make a two hour movie out of it. Right. You very much run the risk of doing a, a real serious discredit to the, the characters themselves. But then the, you know, it's well, finding the depth that people enjoy about reading the book or the original anime series or what have you. I think in books, that's called an abridged version. Yeah. So we have that would be an, an example in a book. But like in, in a TV show, like a recap episode or something? Or oh, like a... A recut? I mean, like they did with Arrested Development. They recut it to make it better. Uh, um, but that's different still, so... But that's an well, interesting edge case for this conversation. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because we were talking about Harry um, Potter and like, you know, oh, rebooting Harry Potter would allow them to essentially recut it. Right. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about some bad, like, bad movie 
either reboots or whatever. Like the fourth Indiana Jones movie. <laughs> I think we can agree. It was not mm. great. How dare you? I love that movie. <laughs> Did you? The Christmas no, Skulls? Oh. I was going to be like. Okay, huh. Emily. We're going to stop Please. recording right now and reassess some things. <laughs> We're going to have an intervention. <laughs> I actually rewatched it recently for this, for our. Cause, because sometimes you watch something and you're like, ah, and then you go back and watch it, or vice versa, where you're like, I thought it was really good, and then yeah. you watch it again, and you're like, like what was I God. thinking? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just want something to happen so badly that you're just like, I can get behind yeah. this because... I can do it. <laughs> oh. um, but the other one, I was thinking about Indiana Jones, but then the other book that I really love so much is part of the, the His Dark Materials, oh, the, yeah. the Golden Compass. Oh. That it had was so much potential. So much. That is what you call a reverse MacGyver, where you had everything you needed and you still came up with nothing. <laughs> right. That's a reverse MacGyver. That's because really funny. you had Ma- uh, Mrs. Coulter, an excellent actress. You had the creepy monkey. You had the Panzer Bajoran, the giant polar bears. Like you had everything you needed. Yeah. And it still turned out crap. <laughs> And they had a really solid cast. They yeah. had, you know, all the CGI in the world. Yeah, and the and, right, like, and visually, like yeah. they were the the story takes place over so you know it starts off at this like really quiet college, and then she goes to the city, and she goes, you know, it's like this great like adventure story, coming of age story that yeah. takes you know it had like diverse landscapes and you know diverse characters, and they they, they fucked, fucked it, up it up so bad that they didn't so get. They didn't get to do anything else. Yeah. So I feel like that one is, uh, we were talking about being ripe for a mm-hmm. reboot. I, f- I really would love somebody to take that a- a- with a clearer vision. And I think that is an example we were talking about. Like, the books are really great. Yeah. They're, they're written beautifully. And, like, when you were talking about Hunger Games not being, like, a very visual, it's more like an internal. Yeah. The writing's more internal in the characters as opposed to the visuals. I think they did a good job in, um... Golden Compass, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. So I feel like this is an example of, like, it sounds like the choices of the people making that film. Yeah. Just really didn't. Yeah. And that, interesting. that one, I think, is one that's due if we were going to reboot something. But then is it's time passed? Like, would they have rebooted it already if mm-hmm. it was still, like, relevant? If people still, like, quote-unquote, wanted it? Well, see, because, um, what's his name? Just Philip Pullman mm. just, um, released a new book, The Book of Dust, in, in the same universe as The Golden Compass. So, I mean, if any time is time, it's now, right. basically. I mean, depending um, on how the book does, you know. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, based on the marketing dollars that they spent on it, they seem to be, uh, very confident in it selling, so mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, that doesn't always work out though. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what book or movie would you really like to see at adapted book? Let's say book. Sabriel. Um, I was just <laughs> thinking of that. <laughs> but wouldn't that be another, wouldn't that be another golden compass? Cause it's very similar. Um, uh, not in that the plot or anything, but in that it's a fantasy world and it relies a lot on visuals and, the, it would rely a lot on them explaining the magical system visually, which may work, but may mm. not. I don't know. I want to see uh, Mistborn. 
done as a movie. Ooh. Yeah. You know what? Both of these things that we're talking about right now, the um, the Apportion series and the Mistborn series, would make, the books, I mean, would make television series. I think hmm. maybe if they go the route of uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah. Because yeah. then okay. those things that we were talking about, like explaining the magical systems of the world would be much easier. Yeah. Well, they have more Some... time to do it. Exactly, yeah. Someone said, maybe it was one of you guys, that books should always be considered to be uh, TV shows first because it is a lot of the things that you cut out of books are like internal, are like nuance. You cut out a lot of nuance of books when you make it into a a, like two hour movie. But if you're putting it into a TV show, you have time to build nuance and like, um, you know, that kind of thing for the characters and for the situations. Interesting. Um, I I think so. That being said, I haven't seen a lot of TV shows made from books that were super good. I can't even think of one. There, I feel like oh. they were kind of you know mini series. I, got I think mini series yeah. is the way to go. Happen Leonard is this this TV show about um, these guys in the eighties who are like kind of detectives, but not really. They like do, they do whatever kind of guys you know, um, and they just go around and they like get into weird, like, southern scrapes with people, you know? Like, go to someone's farm and, like, stealing their dogs or whatever, or, like... <laughs> Classic, yeah. mess around. But there's always, like, money involved, like, a lot of money, and there's always, like, real danger, like, gangsters or, like, some sort of assassins that have been sent after them. And it's like, um... But there were, those were book series that got turned into a TV show, which then they were pretty good. Okay. Uh, I think they're on season three now of that show. So it's, it's relatively new. It's called Happen Leonard. Happen Leonard. Wasn't, uh, I mean, like, True Blood, you know, yeah, was really good. That, and Well, I say good. That the rails. It, <laughs> it did, I mean, though. the first season was very faithful in spirit and letter to the books. And then it just How many seasons the were there in the end? Do you remember? Nine. There was, like, nine. Oh, jeez Louise. I stopped watching it, like, four, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I watched maybe, like, three or four, and then... Honestly, kind of what happened is I stopped having, like, free access to them. <laughs> so, <laughs> and like, they got wow. dumb, so. <laughs> Do- we were talking about this um, in our last episode when we were talking about mirrors. Um, but the Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell Oh, that did. Book, they made a very good TV show. Yeah. They made that one into a television series. I watched the first episode, um, but I have not finished the book and so now I'm in that place where I'm like, I have to be, like, I'm trying to be honest with myself of, like, I'm going to, am I going to finish the book? Should yeah, I just I watch Yeah, I mean, live your series? life. Be realistic. Just watch the freaking show. Like, yeah. Game of Thrones. You can well, always obviously. read it. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm literally kind of looking around my room and I'm like, well, some books will Yeah, that's a good question. Well, you know, and a lot of um, anime, or manga gets made into oh, anime, so, like, that yeah. would count. That's true. And that that may be a different tradition that we don't really know. I guess we know a bit about. We don't. I don't think any of us really read manga that much, right? Mm, not really. I I was reading Bleach for a long time. <laughs> You've recovered so much. There's so much. The The Magicians became a TV show. Have Has anyone watched the whole TV show? I've watched. Well, I watched the seasons available on Netflix. I think yeah. there's. I think it's either in its third or fourth season now. Yeah. But the, I think they only have two. Is it good? I, you know, I really liked it, but I also saw it as, like, a um, guilty pleasure. Because mm-hmm. there yeah. were some really great moments where I really appreciated that. 
they'd kind of like break the break the fourth wall or kind of make fun of themselves or, you know, that kind of thing where you're like, oh, yeah, this is supposed to be taking place in now times or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, when yeah. you hear a character be like, you know, fucking magic, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. You know, or um, there's, you know, and then there's a lot of uh, kind of, um, they go into their, the fillery, which is like the magical land. So it's very yeah. much like Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. It's Narnia, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, there, there's some things there that you're kind of like, you can cheese really hard on. I yeah. liked it. They, but it also addresses, like, there's actually a lot of intense, like... And again, this is... I've never read that book, so... Yeah, but like I've in, read it. Yeah, so, so, like, there's a really intense, like, rape that happens and subsequent, like, abortion and, like, you know, so there's some, like... Oh, jeez. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where it's just kind of like, ooh. And I will tell you, there's one scene in the movie, or in the TV show, that I was, like... If this was written down in a book, I would have burned the book. Um, <laughs> was it if, the fox sex scene? No, that was okay. I was fine with that. <laughs> um, no, it's like the one one of the antagonists um, is like torturing this woman, but he kind of starts it off by like uh, turning her cat inside out. Mm. Oh, gross! Yeah, <laughs> I'm not watching that TV show now. Mm-mm, don't do like, it. That's I will tell you. Mean. I will tell you what episode to skip if you wanted to watch it. <laughs> yeah. It was like one of those things where, like, I feel really. I, I'm kind of like borderline about my humanity when I say things like this. When I'm like, it's harder for me to watch something like that than like, you know, then the main character gets his like finger bitten off, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. People violence no. against people, whatever. That's yeah. fine. And then somebody like hurts a cat, and I'm like. Oh my god! You know, cannot Fuck handle well, that shit. Well, it's because the cat was trusting that everyone in the room was cool. Like, right. <laughs> they don't. So, like, there's some really intense things in it, and then there's some things that are just like, absolutely, like, what? What do we have? Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. and again, I think that's kind of the nature of like adaptation, where it's like, well, this isn't exactly how it was written, but it's not very cinematic. So now we have to create this like. How how can we change it to make it fit? Yeah, in a cinematic sense. So there's a lot of that. I think. <laughs> I I was just thinking of Scott Pilgrim versus the World and how oh. successful that adaptation was. Like the the comic books were great. Yeah. But like the adaptation is just so good. Like yeah, it's just so good. Like they there's a lot of extra things that they added, and I'm sure they didn't. Uh, keeping everything in the um series but like it's a complete story and it's very much uh the spirit of the definitely the spirit and less to the letter but it was it was pretty good i thought the casting was well done too except for michael Sarah, i just need him to not be in things anymore (laughs) like just just no more um, I was very disappointed they cast Michael Sarah. I was like, there are plenty of nerdy boys out there. Like, just pick a different yeah, one. Yeah, and I always thought of Scott as kind of, like, kind of chubsty anyways. Not, like, a very, like, fat dude, but, like, not, like, a skinny rail like Michael Sarah. And so I kind of got annoyed right, by that. Yeah. I was like, this isn't really the, what the character looks like. But, yeah, it, I mean, it, it worked out. It was fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm fine with it now. <laughs> I'm over it. But <laughs> <laughs> that was a very, very good movie. Uh, what, did I ask you guys what you would want to see as an adaptation? We did see, 
I I meant to say animorphs. Animorphs. Oh, I would love to see a good adaptation of that. Cause wasn't there was a, a bad one? Wasn't there a TV show? Yeah, there was, and it yeah. was really bad. Mm. Um, mostly because CGI just was not there. Right. Some um, some things I think, like when we talked about being ripe for a reboot, that's a really great example of like where we've come with like the technology of uh, television and movies. It's yeah. just so much easier. Because yeah. part of, like, when we talked about, like, Power Rangers, like, part of the love of Power Rangers was, like, it's the campy, like, model, you know. Right. Well, in Reboot yeah. 2, we talked about how, like, that aesthetic of... Yeah, like, yeah. Really kind of made the show. That's But then there are things where it's just, like, ooh, yeah, no, you should just wait until, like, <laughs> Animorphs especially, it's just, like... <laughs> why why did you even try it's so complex you know yeah i i working in children's publishing and like thinking back on my own experiences growing up reading those books i learned so much about biology from those books (laughs) that i'm like astonished that like i know so much about animals specific animals and how they act and how they uh how their biology works yeah that i'm just like you sneaky bitch. <laughs> and you she's still writing, things. by the way. She's she one of her books recently won a Newbery. K. Um, Applegate, is that who Yeah, K. Applegate. Um I think it was Ivan and something. I can't remember. But it like she is still writing. She's still super good at it. And I, I just want these series to be rebooted somehow into like I want... a graphic novel. Yeah. Or mm. a T V show. I think ghostwriters do. A cartoon. Uh, you're talking about Animorphs or yeah. Ghost Rider? My cartoon. Uh, Ghost Rider. Er, oh my god. <laughs> Animorphs. 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 Yeah, I'd, Animorphs I'd watch that. I'd watch the like shit out of that. a CGI cartoon that was like not, like was like a little bit stylized. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I watch think, it. I'd be into that. And for the record, I said Ghost Rider, not Ghost oh. Rider. <laughs> ghost Rider can <laughs> suck my dick. I don't care about that. <laughs> ghost Rider, the, the ghost that would... Oh man, a gritty version of Ghost Rider? Oh. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> oh, it was this, it was a TV show that came on like PBS and it was like uh I it's so funny. I haven't seen it in so long. I watched it all the time. That and Wishbone. I was about to say reboot oh. Wishbone. Reboot Wishbone. Reboot ah! Wishbone. I feel like I feel like the world doesn't need Wishbone like again. Get out. Get out right now. <laughs> How you get you out. Say it was that? a dog that wore little outfits. So listen, <laughs> that dog like caused a lot of problems because everybody wanted that dog and Jack Russell Terriers are not dogs that should be with children or in small houses. They need a lot of exercise and they tore up people's houses and ended up being euthanized across America. Okay, like because that, that was dog. maybe a bad mistake, but like make it a golden retriever. Make wish or for like a, a pug. Up there you go. Ugh. Yes. Because everybody already wants pugs. Right. Or like a corgi. They don't need a lot. Yeah, corgi. Oh, yeah. They don't need a lot of exercise. Could you imagine those little corgi buns? Yeah. (laughs) Well, he's dressed up like Romeo. Yeah. (laughs) Or make it a girl dog and make it from the like the female role perspective. Hmm. Who'd probably do less for all of that. All of that except for Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah. Uh, ghost writer was these kids who would, like, discover things with the help of a ghost who'd, like, write shit out. I can't remember. <laughs> but it was good. It was good. Clearly, I'm in love with the idea that I used to love it so much, more than I actually remember the thing. That's funny. Um, 
I really enjoy this topic because even when we did episode four originally, all those episodes ago, because I'm sure if the audio quality allowed us to go back and listen to it, a lot of these things would be on our list still, but a lot of things are new. Mm -hmm. So it's just a really wide net to cast in terms of like people's opinions about adaptations and what makes a good one and what's what was a bad one or like what's a good bad version and everybody will have their own opinion which is right be very fascinating to hear yeah so if uh you're listening and you will have your opinions about what would make a good adaptation or a bad adaptation be sure to email us at support suggestions suggestions <laughs> What is it? Suggestions. So support suggestions. Suggestions no. at lifenarrated.com. There suggestions you go. <laughs> at lifenarrated.com. And if you we get some it. emails, we'll talk about them. Promise. Because we don't get any emails. So, like, <laughs> that'll be exciting for us. Oh, we could do a new segment, which is, yeah. you know, That's right, reader, listener, reader, listener input. Yeah. Listener mail. Yeah. But yeah, it's adaptations are great and they're constantly happening and things are constantly getting rebooted. So <laughs> this will be something that, like, Maybe we'll have to do um, there, a year, yeah, like a yearly like, series of like, all right, let's look at all the, the, the reboots, reboots that happened this year and talk about them. Because this year they're rebooting Charmed. They already rebooted what? Archie. Yeah, they're rebooting Charmed. I didn't know they were doing Charmed. I didn't watch the Archie stuff, but I, I didn't really. Roseanne. Trash. Roseanne got oh a reboot. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Roseanne. Oh. What else happened? I, Jumanji was this year. No, that was the last year. Mm. Um, Some year. Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is coming. Yeah, and so they rebooted it last year, and then this year is a sequel to the reboot. Right, right. Is that right? Yes. No, it's it's not right. Because last year's one was a, um, or the last one was, it was a continuation. It was a continuation. So it's a sequel. So there's no reboot. Yeah, it's just more story. And the only way you would know that, I think, is if you saw the second movie... Well, this movie that's coming up. Oh, do they talk about it? In the first one, the guy who uh, is in uh, New Girl, he has the t-shirt from the original, and they're like, and she's like, put that away. A lot of people died. And like, we're referencing the fact that the old park died, you know. God, okay. So then, yeah, it did reference it, I guess. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Also, though, I don't know if I'm going to be able to... I've, I've seen several trailers... For this upcoming one. Yeah. And, like, I have a very visceral emotional response to watching dinosaurs drowned. No, have you guys no. seen the trailer? I didn't see a dinosaur drown. They fall off the cliff into the ocean and they're, oh. like, drowning. They but, probably... like, they don't watch them drown. Like, Well, you don't want to, like, sit there like some kind of, like... It's implied that <laughs> it's they're just going to sink yes. like a stone. <laughs> it's a CGI dinosaur snuff film. Really gets us going. Or gets... Although the last one, there there was that assistant who got brutally murdered by dinosaurs, and like it was unnecessary. Like there are people who got eaten, and then she got like eaten by like five different dinosaurs, one after another, and it was like just let her die. Like it was awful to watch. I thought that was awful. What do you call that when it's like a it's like a it's a snuff film? <laughs> it's over That's the top. What you call maybe. it? Well, but like it's like. You know, when, anim- like, an animal animal feed- feeding frenzy, like a feeding frenzy, where it's just, yeah. like, multiple animals. But, like, animals, she went like- from, like, two different feeding frenzies to a third feeding frenzy. Oh, like, it was not okay. 
I don't remember that part. I don't either. I do. That poor girl. <laughs> Clearly. Also, I, like, I seriously identified with her because I was an assistant at the time, and I was like, this girl has the worst job. She has to uh, look after her boss's children. Like, this is bullshit. And then oh, she gets man. murdered. Oh, I see. So really, it wasn't necessarily about the feeding frenzy. It was that you just identified with that character really <laughs> heavily. No, I mean, like, out of all the people in that movie she gets eaten the most horrible <laughs> way like lots of people get eaten here's jimmy the other buffett thing. survives so yeah that's good can we we will have to do i i say we do a a, a dinosaur episode at some point because <laughs> yeah. i wish to discuss this idea of um you know they talk about like animals in the wild will only eat when they're hungry dinosaurs just seem to be hungry all the time <laughs> well the dinosaurs in jurassic park Right. <laughs> so we, you know, well, and that's why we need to cast a wider we need net to talk out for different this. dinosaur movies. So, yeah. Mm. So well, if you'd like a dinosaur episode, email us. <laughs> suggestions at, at lifenarrated.com. Good job. There you go. I remembered it this time. Yay. Yay. So that's it, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening, storytellers. Yeah. Don't be a trope, you dopes. Adapt or die. And keep telling your stories. <laughs> <laughs> you weirdo.